Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker. Today we are chatting with Jason Ashmore, and we're going to be chatting a little bit about those shifting student populations in a gamified class. Like, what do you do? But before we dive into that, uh, this is not Jason's first time on the show, but uh, let's give a brief introduction for those people who are tuning in for the first time. All right. Uh, my name is Jason Ashmore, as Michael mentioned. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. All One Word underscore Ashmore. Um, I am from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and currently a grade five teacher in my third year of a gamified classroom. That's awesome. Uh, so thanks again for taking time to be on the show. It well, is having me. always a pleasure to reconnect with past guests on the show. So this, this idea, this notion of having kids come and kids leave and new kids come, uh, that, I mean, that's just school. That, yep. <laughs> that happens all the time. And in a gamified class, I'm not going to lie to anybody out there, there are extra things that have to go with that transient yes. student, which sort of stinks because there's already a lot, especially when you get a new student, you know, mid-year, and it's like, oh, man, they don't have a Google, you know, sign-in. They don't have this. They don't have that. And, like, yeah. oof, like all that stuff you do in the beginning of the year, that mid-year you take for granted that you've laid that great groundwork. Yes. And now you're like, oh, yeah, you can't, you can't see our homework because you don't have access to the google classroom right yeah and that's and that's probably i find like the schools that i work in we have a very high uh transient population high turnover mm -hmm. uh rate, and i always find that that's probably one of the harder things is that you do take for granted the the culture you've built and at the same time as much as you got to think about yourself you also need to think about how that student has been feeling like they potentially have um in lots of cases for, for, for me in my classroom is they're not only are they coming to a new school, they're also coming to a new city, a new country. Sometimes um, English may not be their first language. So there's lots of different things that kind of encompass, you know, those things. And then all of a sudden they're coming potentially from a traditional classroom into a gamified. So, you know, you've got to kind of make sure that you have the room set up so that students can feel receptive to wanting to be in that kind of environment because that can be a little bit overwhelming for for anyone so you know um some of the strategies i've used is if all my guilds are balanced i try to look for the one that i think is the most um kind of well put together like the one who's got the best kind of team environment and i try to put my new student in there rather than in a guild where there might be some disagreements from time to time so this way then that student coming in can feel a little bit um better but then you know like in a gamified classroom you've got to think about um their xp levels like you know depending on what time of the year the student has come in you can't have them start at zero that's because that, they're never going to catch up and you know you got to get them some gold and you know characters and you know there's just so many of those little fine elements that you have to kind of work through so for me typically what i like to do especially with xp is i take um my top xp and my bottom 
XP, I add them together and I divide by two. And so that then kind of puts that person sort of in the middle. Um, you know, just within reason, because, you know, you, you can't, you know, and I explain to kids that, you know, like when you come in, this is already going to be a little bit overwhelming to come into a, a new classroom. And have to <laughs> it sure is. And all that kind of stuff. You know, you don't want to punish them, but, you know, you reassure the kids that, like, you know, this is probably the fairest way that you can go about it. And I haven't had any student yet argue with me about that, but I always open it up to the, to the students in the classroom going, you know, do you think that there's a better way to introduce somebody new? And, you know, like right now in my class, I'm experiencing the, the opposite. I've got a lot of students who have left uh, the classroom. And so I'm having this current situation where I have some unbalanced uh, guild groups and, you know, I'm kind of debating whether or not to do a complete shift and have new guilds um, for the last half of the year, or do I keep everybody the same and just go about as we've been doing? Nice. So for me, you know, th breaking down and thinking through what you just sort of said, for me, when I get a new student, uh, I try to make it a bit of an event. So one, I make sure I let the class get in the student know, you know, we're going to start him off, him or her off at some XP. And mm -hmm. I explain why I'm giving them sort of free XP because I've said all year I'm trying to be super fair, super fair. Yeah. So why is this person automatically getting like 7,000 XP or something like that? Yeah. Um, and my comment it ends up being super easy because my the way I use my leaderboard system mm -hmm. that one automatically has ghost players so for anybody out there that doesn't know what ghost players are uh, let's say one of my classes have 25 kids and another class has 22 kids uh, well in a gamified class that might be a huge competitive advantage of having three extra kids because mm -hmm. I'm I'm playing a cooperative game where your whole period is trying to win and have the most points. Well, you have three extra right. players that can go on side quests, do things. So what I do is when that 22-person class gets another person, they're going to get they're going to lose a ghost player and and you know, become a real player. So right. that house was about to lose what my, how my ghost players work is they score the average of the house they're in. Okay. So the, so which I also like because you can have these discussions with your students that like, hey, you guys have three ghost players. So actually, the better you do collectively, the better your three other players do. Um, right. So when that kid comes in, if I just started that kid out at zero, they would actually lose a ton of XP because yes. that ghost, ghost player's gone. So yeah. uh, I give them the ghost player amount. Uh, and then where I try to make it a little more fun and a little less formulaic, but still this is where you can kind of make it that sort of fun and exciting thing, is mm -hmm. I call a couple kids over. And I, I know what I'm doing. It looks random, I think, to the kids. But I, I pull sort of a cross-section of students. Somebody that's not, I wouldn't say at the bottom per se, somebody that has engaged in the game, but not a ton. And then mm -hmm. somebody kind of in the middle, and then that like 
Uber kid that's done every quest possible. Yeah. Uh, and I tell them, bring over your binders. And we like look through their binders and they see, I see like, wow, that kid's got nine items. This kid's got like five items. This other kid's got three items. Okay, cool. And we look at the items together. All the while, the kids are pumping this kid up. Like, oh, these are cool. You can collect these. You can get these. You can trade these. So the kids are providing me the PR. And what yeah. I'm doing is looking at like, well, this kid theoretically would have done some quests. So they should start with some items. And so yeah. then we kind of make a big deal of like, all right, I'm going to give you these like four items. And the kids kind of get all fired up. Like, oh, you're going to love this one. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe he gave you this one. That's fantastic. Um so that provides not only sort of the community aspect and that like building up of that student and, and right. ultimately welcoming that student into the tribe, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also serves like a practical aspect, you know, for the class as well. Yeah, I think though that's, that's a great idea. Um, having the, the, ghost, uh, the ghost player. Um, so because you play, because you have multiple sections, right? Yep. Like as in sixth grade. So, yeah, see, we're up here, uh, our elementary um, in, I teach them all day. So I got the same group in my room. So um, what I do with my guilds is I've, uh, I add up their total XP and then divide by the number of people. Mm -hmm. And so maybe then if I have a kid joining a, a guild, then they would get maybe that average then of what their current guild mm. is at that they're joining and then that would put them at you know a level and then look at the same thing uh for gold do you give them gold or do you believe have them start at zero i give that? them gold i try to really like make it almost magically pretend they've been with us you know right. as an average player and i look at the kid and i say you know i apologize that like you might be uh an amazing amazing you would have been at the top yeah, but like, I you know, but you also might have been not you know. I try to teach them some of the game components and how like you don't have to do this, and I then try to remind them like you might have done no side quests, you know, like so yeah. we're starting right kind of in the middle of that. Yeah, and yeah. do you give them, do you give them opportunities to potentially get higher up, like offering them hundred percent? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know if I do like personal side quests, but I really try, and this is true for a lot of my students. Depending on who's doing the quest, you try to give them some items that will help them along on their journey. So that kid that's coming in, if like literally week one, they just start engaging in the game and they come in and turn in a side quest, it's like, wow, I, I got a live one here. How can yeah. I inspire that kid to continue on in this journey? So I give that kid like, a, for me, it's called a Crusader's Army and it mm -hmm. adds like 300 XP on your next quest and it's like... Right. Ooh, you know, so then you hand Jimmy that that card and you tell him like, oh, man, this is super good because like today's quest that you just turned in, I'm already going to give you like 500 XP. I'm already going to give you some items. Now you go and like do another one of these. You're going to get just as well. You know, you really encourage him like this is great. Like, wow, for this being your first quest, nice done. And like whew, you go and do another one. Now it's not only going to be worth 500, it's going to be worth 800 and it's just like, right. oh, and then they're like, well, yeah, like I saw like three or four quests. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, go at you know, have at it. So that's that's sort of a fun, that's a fun moment, too, to build that community with that kid. Yeah, no, and that's, and those are some of the things that I'm trying to look at um, in terms of, because like the school I'm at, we have, uh, we do have kids 
come and go and like all of our students are bused and in the colder weather uh sometimes buses are running late and so then some kids just don't uh don't come so i've got kids with with larger gaps so i'm also trying to figure out how to bring my lower half up to where my upper half kind of is and so i'm contemplating um allowing students having like kind of a one day only converting gold to xp and only if you fit into you know a certain category sure uh, and then you know i've got kids who have um, badges and the same thing is like you know probably at the midway point start looking at who has badges and then having that convert into certain xp uh for those kids as well just to kind of close the gap because you know like in anything you can have like almost becomes a runaway with what your i don't want to like this is me just shooting from the hip here but like <laughs> so one is this like something that's just sort of understood and appreciated by the school, the administration that like kids do that? Like, is that just a natural flow or is it kind of like, God, I wish these kids would get on the bus kind of thing. Um, it's kind of a bit of both. Um, the school I'm at, we have a 97% uh, indigenous population. So uh, trying to make school fun and, and engaging. And um, typically we also have, we have a half day, Thursday, like a legitimate half day Thursday. And so when you get really cold weather with busing and stuff like that, like we sometimes have buses that are 45 minutes to an hour late. Um, they're just running behind due to traffic. And so mm -hmm. because the kids have to stand outside at a bus stop, if it's minus 30, you're not going to get kids, you know, and parents waiting out there for an hour for the bus. And for some of our families, they don't have a vehicle. So that's why their kids take the bus. What's so, their percentage of connection to internet? Um, pretty low. Pretty low, especially for them. Like they're ten years old, so you know, for some of them. Um, what you if know, you put in place like uh, a standing quest, so that like they don't need the internet because like as long as they've come to your class a few times, you tell them about the standing quest. It's always present, and. You know, give it some kind of name about being like out in the wild, you know, like campfire quest or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so when you're not on base and you're you're doing it and you're you're at home for various reasons, geez, it's minus 30. We get it. Yep. Um, but anybody that can and anybody that's in that situation, if you can complete the campfire quest, like this is going to score you certain certain amount of points and make make yeah. you know make the campfire quest something that's vague and could apply to every unit right yeah. so like and that's and that's one of the ones i've i've sort of that's um been thinking about is um because i have i allow students to choose whatever book they would like to read and then mm -hmm. when they finish that book they can come and do a book review either for me or they can use uh flipgrid as a way to to share their their book with me and then i give them um i check off that they've done a book review for me and our goal is 20. so um because i have students again who in various reading levels mm -hmm. I, sure I've, of course i've really opened up to allow them to do like picture books so that they can read to their younger siblings so i have one girl who she's read five different uh, graphic novels 
and mm-hmm. she's come up and done a book review. So that's kind of what I'm saying is like for me for the badges is that when they do five, for every five book reviews they do, they get another badge. So for me, that's I think kind of like the campfire quest then, like this way that would give kids an opportunity to do that. But then I could look at some other ways to be like, you know, like you said, the standing side quests of, okay, here's the, you know, do it at home things. And then when you're finished, you bring it in and, and away we go. Yeah, and what you can do too is look on your leaderboard for this. I swear for people that are listening, this does apply to the like transient population sort of conversation. What you can do is when that student enters your class and they start playing the game, but they're super far behind. Or as you said, you have some people that can't make it to school and all of a sudden there starts to be this gap of points. You can construct systems in which you use the leaderboard as like a, a requirement for being able to go on quests. So you start saying, you know, anybody that's not in the top, you know, if you only have a single class, like if you're not in the top five, then you can take advantage of this quest. Like, so I don't know, for those of you that have watched my YouTube channel and have checked out the video on how I use buildings that their avatars can go to, one of the buildings I have is called Questing. And all it is, is it's, it's it's almost like that Crusader's Army I talked about, where it's just an XP boost, but you mm-hmm. can't be you can't be in the top ten, and I right. and my kids have really accepted that as fair because they realize it's not saying Jason you can't do this, yeah, it's just you're in the top ten right now you can't. When one of these people that you're nervous about catches up to you and now you fall down to the eleventh, you can go to questing. Um, yeah. so it's, it's kind fair. of like, well, it's, it's kind of like in Mario Kart when you're at the back. And oh, you yeah. question mark, you all of a sudden, you know, like when you're at the front, you get coins and bananas, like inevitably. But when you're in the back third of the group, you're getting the stars, the mushrooms, the crazy bullet just to get you back um, yep. in the race. So, yeah, no, I like that idea. I've thought about doing something similar as well that because um, I have levels in my game. So I was kind of thinking in terms of. You know, kind of a you can only go into the store um, if you don't have a certain level and that will allow you to convert your gold into XP and then kind of shrink my my gap a little bit. What you need to do, too, is you need to think of things. It's really hard. You almost have to like flip your mind. You have to think of things that are cool to be on the bottom half. Yeah. So what can we do to like interact with the bottom half and that the bottom half are going to either get more points or that they're the only ones that can do it. Or can we come up with a storyline, like a little vignette, like, Oh my gosh, this week, this terrible thing befalls this. And like, (gasps) like your, your, your top scores are trapped or whatever. And we need these like other scores to like unlock them and figure it out. Uh, you know, whatever, but you got to come up with a way. I know in my guild battles, like there's cards where, I have uh, kids who can be frozen or mm-hmm. kidnapped from other guilds, and usually those are your top uh, XP or your kids who are like you know are uh, academically higher mm-hmm. than than others. And I remember last year there were kids who the moment the card was played, they just stood up and were like, "Yep, I'm out. I know it." And like they would just and 
you know, they weren't necessarily always at the top of the leaderboard, but they just knew that in order to help their guild, that the other teams wanted them to be eliminated from the thing. And so, you know, it's it's all fair uh, and that. And I never had kids, you know, complain about, you know, having to be eliminated from a guild battle. They just knew. So, yeah. Yeah. When when you have like going back to like the topic of these these transient students that come mm-hmm. in and uh, what do you do to increase the culture, like to get them up to the speed of the culture? We've talked about the points. We've talked about like giving them some badges. We've talked about those practical things. Yeah. How how do you help them get swept up into a game in which they've missed the first half? Um. Well, one, I because I have a I have a trailer uh, for okay. my game, so I uh, I always show them uh, the trailer. Um, I do very similar to what you've done. I've shown kids uh, other people's uh, binders where their cards are, their character sheets, um, because I let every kid pick their mm-hmm. own uh, character from a list of six. I show them what each one looks like, which I normally, I don't do at the beginning of the year. I don't tell the kids what the characters look like, but when you're new, I want to kind of build that up. So then I kind of, to show them, um, I specifically talk directly about what the perks are Mm -hmm. for each character, which I don't tell my students at the beginning of the year. It's all kind of blind, just pick based on, you know, what you think, but I always remind them that balance is best. Um, So, I do those kind of things. Um, I talk a little bit about the storyline and where we are in the journey and what we've kind of experienced. And um, it kind of also depends, too. I've had kids who who have played RPG games before. They've played Dungeons & Dragons before. And so it becomes an easier sometimes conversation to have with a student because if they've played those things, then they get what the game is and they're pretty mm-hmm. excited about it um you know i just kind of build it up like even when i i build it up like i would when i when i go into the inevitably you go into every store and you're basically trying to people look at you kind of weird when you're buying strange things at stores and they they're like oh you're a teacher and then you explain what it is you do and they're like oh where were you when i was a kid so yep, everybody loves it yeah so that's basically what i do is i just go out and just pump it up as like you know, this is something like you've never experienced before, um, you know, but you just have to trust me that this is going to be going to be awesome and epic. And, you know, I don't think I've disappointed a kid yet uh, with it when they've joined us mid-year. So, yeah, I think that that's good. I think you remind us of like, I, I guess I'm going to sum your answer up with take it slow, like. Remember, they're taking in a lot of information. Let them be excited. Build them up. Take that time to build that relationship, and in the end, they're gonna they're gonna love it. So, well, and for me, I like what I like about Gamified Classroom. Um, just thinking in terms of like being a new student, like when you're new to something and you don't have any friends, really, um, you know, you get put into a guild or a group right away. You basically are being introduced to a small group of your peers very quickly yep and and overall because you know in the game at least in my game the kids understand the whole collaborative piece and cooperation and working together so 
I think it really helps if, you know, those kids can let that new student know, like, look, we're here to work together. We've got to, you know, be solid. And, you know, they kind of, I talk about how every group has, you know, a different expert on something. And so then I've listened to kids talk to a new student, all of a sudden they're, you know, finding out about their hobbies and their passion and, you know, really opening up because, you know, like when inevitably when you do group work, you know, you need someone to be good at at something, you know, whether it be you've got a kid who's really good artist and that's their their contribution for an idea. Um, you got a kid who's really into the, the tech side or a kid who really likes doing research or whatever it is. Right. You got you got your whatever your passion is, you can sometimes bring that out in in a group. So I find that's kind of important uh, as well is to get the you know new student to be able to share that right away and have that small small group. Hundred percent, I agree. So Jason, this puts us already at reflection time. Uh, so right. get ready. This one okay. comes from Heraclitus. He says there is nothing permanent except change. All right. Um, okay. So for me. Um, I very much agree with that. Um, change is inevitable. Uh, and sometimes change can be a good thing. Sometimes change isn't necessarily a good thing. But um, as I tell my students, um, my goal is to make you comfortable with being uncomfortable. So right. constant change, uh, things going on. Um, you know, you can't always be like a creature of habit, which is funny because most teachers are actually creatures of habits. We have very we specific, are. <laughs> we have very specific things we do at specific times of the day. And so the moment that kind of changes, it throws our day off, but uh, change can be good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you nailed it. So change is a constant. It's a constant for us adults. It's a constant for our kids. And I think the more we embrace that and, and not sort of, demonize change i think sometimes adults can sort of gripe about the changes that happen and especially teachers have to realize that we're role models for you know either 30 kids 25 kids hundreds of kids so mm -hmm. i mean i i don't want to say we have to be perfect by any means but just recognize we're in front of them so when you kind of say like ah we're trying this new thing even that little moment of ah we're trying this new th like Ooh, yeah, that that tiny little slice, they're perceptive. Yeah. They're picking up that like you don't yeah. want to change, yeah. yet we're telling them every day like learn this new thing, change and grow. Learn this new thing, change and grow. I'm not gonna change and grow, but like I want you to change it. Like mm, no, we all need to change and grow. Yeah, well, it's important to model what you what you want and and tell kids. It's why I tell kids about my successes and my failures and how I learn new things and had to change and yeah. No, change is, change is growth, and growth is good. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for joining us on Well Played today. Thank you for having me. It is really, truly a pleasure to sort of dive into these topics with new guests every week, and I, I loved having you back. Thank you, listeners. Uh, it's always fun having you guys listen each week. If you could help the channel out by you know tweeting, sharing us out, 
Uh, check out my YouTube channel as well for lots of other topics on education and gamification. There's tons of things there. So I'd love to have you join that community as well. You guys have a great day. Take care.